Ladies and gentlemen, one can see this red voices. Are we a little bit happier than normal? Well, not really for us to say, but after a rather incredible day or so, Manchester United have actually sacked Jose Mourinho. It's a surprising turn of events, one that's not necessarily overdue, but one that's left us feeling a little bit more giddy than usual. Is that fair enough, Rich? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying on Twitter that I think this is the, the pod I've looked forward to most in the last 18 months or so. What, since the Europa League win? Well, basically since Europa League win, yeah. I mean, you know, We've, we've spent the last however long, week after week, just talking about the same miserable things. You know, the same depressing football, the same fallouts and the defensive tactics and criticising players in the press. And it's all, all these negative things that, you know, and from the, from the summer, really talking from the start of the summer about how this, this was going to be shit because mm. Mourinho decided it was going to be shit and that was it. And really not looking forward to a season. So... In, in a sense, you know, you never know what's going to happen going forward and there are no guarantees. It, it just feels like a huge black cloud has been lifted off the off the club and, and I think we should just appreciate that. Absolutely. I mean, let's just make one thing clear before we delve too deeply into the minutiae of what's happened today and what could happen going forward. You know, there's lots of questions to ask. You know, why has this happened now and what does it mean for United going forward? But by that same token, I don't think we should necessarily be too hard on ourselves for enjoying the moment because I just think back to Sunday you know we're just going to go back to Liverpool and chat for a little bit but the thing is you talk about that Liverpool game and you know without wanting to sound too disingenuous we would have essentially been recycling the exact same points that we've been talking about for the last several months United were so so poor against Liverpool at Anfield on Sunday afternoon it was so uncomfortable to watch but again, the rare difference from that game for me wasn't so much that I was watching that and expecting us to lose. I expected that, but I just felt completely numb to the whole thing. You know, yeah, I was disappointed, but I, I was nowhere near gutted. It was completely expected. You know, you can talk about the luck of those two Shakiri goals all you like. Liverpool fully deserved that victory. There is no getting around it. We were completely outshot, completely outdone. It was clear that Liverpool simply wanted it more. They were playing for a manager who had everyone on side. There was a clear game plan and they overwhelmed us. And they deserved to beat us. United had nothing. You know, We were lucky to get back into that game with that somewhat fluky goal through Lingard after Alisson fumbled Lukaku's cross. And we basically created nothing else. And that's really yeah. all that I'm willing to sort of take out of that game to a certain extent. Because, I mean, I didn't necessarily following day that we expected now for this pattern to remain for the next several months because we're so used to Manchester United not acting in a quick enough fashion. You know, they're such a reactive club, but they seem to be so slow to react to sort of situations like this. Historically, it has always been in the case of Moyes and Van Gaal, we wait until Champions League qualification is gone. I guess there's a certain level of unprecedented situation with Mourinho at the minute in the sense that we got to December, midway through this season pretty much, and, you know, what is it, 11 points off top four into the Champions League last 16, but not necessarily having much confidence, if any, of getting past Paris Saint-Germain in the knockout stages. And it just seemed like we had nothing really to look forward to. I don't want to sound spoiled. I love European football, but I had no confidence of us going through. And as you said there, what an absolute load off the shoulders to be taken with that announcement. But what an absolute surprise as well. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the Liverpool game there and I think there's definitely element of, an element of, well, certainly Woodward and, and other people within the club watching that that performance and seeing just how pathetically abject we were. Um, Mourinho's essentially alienated to a degree all of his most talented players, and so the last few weeks he's just 
he's really been sticking on the a team made up of the most pragmatic players he can find, but 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 the ones that are the least capable of actually getting a result. Whoever we blame, the the reality is that those those fallouts with his most talented players and the fact that he just doesn't trust them at all just left us essentially with putting out a team that had no. It, it was just it was bad at football. If you look at the Liverpool game, it wasn't just that United were absolutely pathetic or they were put out to be absolutely pathetic. You had the juxtaposition between, and I know people, you know, a lot of United fans call Klopp a fraud or Pochettino a fraud or whoever a fraud, but you have on the one side, you have a club who in the time that Mourinho has been at United plus six months has taken that club from essentially being a a mid-table rabble with a really quite inadequate squad to challenging a team with almost unlimited resources and he spelt he spent about the same amount of money and you had a guy who is a bundle of energy he's a, an ongoing constant positive force and his team completely reflects that and if you look at that team in terms of the quality in terms of where they bought players from a lot of those players have become the players they are today under Klopp Mourinho was waxing lyrical about Andy Robertson but Andy Robertson's a guy that he, he bought from Hull and who didn't get in the team for the first few months, but then Klopp, you know, Klopp coached him into being this incredible left back that he is now, and that team reflects him. And on the other side of the on the other side of the pitch, you had United, who completely reflected Mourinho, an, an utterly morose, seemingly miserable figure with no real energy or fight or anything to it. That may have been just too much, even for Edward Ward and the. Not, I didn't talk about the Glazers because I don't even watch the bloody game, but. You know, for Edward Ward and those behind the scenes to have actually sat and watched us capitulate like that, and to see the juxtaposition between those two, those two things. And then we've we've read a lot of the stuff today, and it is it is all completely relative. You know, relevant. He hasn't <clears throat> developed players. He hasn't made the most of the money he was given. And whilst I think it was a complete cock up if they'd lost faith in him, not sacking him in the summer and letting this run, that's on that's on Woodward and the Glazers. But <clears throat> you also understand why they. They got to the point where they didn't feel they wanted to spend more money on huge amounts of money on old players that Mourinho probably wouldn't bear to get a tune from. The surprise isn't that it should; it needed to happen. The surprise is they've actually done it before 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 it was too late. Yeah, I mean, the real surprise isn't so much that United have sacked Mourinho; it's that they've actually acted decisively with a good half of the season left to go. I made the correct decision because I don't think anyone can argue at this stage that getting rid of Mourinho was the right thing to do. You know, the game against Liverpool, it wasn't necessarily the final nail in the coffin, but it was just clear at that point that there was, I mean, it's been clear for months that there's no turning this around. You know, the games have been abject, the performances have been terrible and the results have been pathetic. What is it? Two wins in 10 now? It's just, it's nowhere near good enough and it hasn't been good enough for a long time. And you're right, Mourinho basically signed off on the season during the summer and United's players have not been able to cope with what he's asked of them. There's just been no turnaround. There's been a couple of half-decent results here and there, but by and large, it's just been poor to watch. Yeah, we've had some, you know, the odd comeback victory now and then but it's just been lacking any sense of fluency any sense of cohesion and in some ways we've gotten away with that in previous seasons under Mourinho you know the first two seasons we weren't necessarily firing on all cylinders but we were good enough and strong enough to get through but the players confidence levels were at such a low ebb at the minute that where we might muddle through games 2-1 or 1-0 now we're drawing or losing and there was just no way that could be allowed to carry on 
So it's absolutely the correct decision to have finally pulled the trigger and fired Mourinho. And he's said to be surprised at the decision. And I can't understand that whatsoever. How on earth you can be surprised at this eventuality is absolutely beyond me. I've no idea. I'm not convinced he is surprised. I mean, he may say that, but I'm not convinced he is surprised that it's happened at all because that really bizarre message of confidence that came from... Jorge Mendes, I don't know, was it 10 days ago, two weeks ago, was just the weirdest thing. It was almost, how was he in a position to offer that? And just the stories that, you know, Duncan Castles has again been in the last kind of week or so, 10 days, he's really doubling down on the anti-Pogba message. I think, I think Mourinho knew, must have known, must have known that there was no way back for him and that the game was essentially up. And then the, the story yesterday from Castles about how much money would cost United to sack Mourinho I, I don't know if that, whether that was a kind of a last a last gasp effort to try and persuade the fans and the wider wider football world that it would be ridiculous to spend this amount of money sacking a football manager I, I don't know but it, it you could see that something was going on something weird was afoot whether he expected to be sacked this morning I don't know but what, he cannot have possibly imagined not imagined that he might be close to the end no absolutely not I mean you look at where things have gone over the last couple of seasons you know we do have to state that there is definitely an uh, element of gratitude that should be given his way just purely because we've been to three finals in those two seasons yes we were pretty abject against Chelsea but we won the League Cup and the Europa League you know always be grateful for him to getting us through that Stockholm final given the circumstances and getting us back into the Champions League. That was an achievement. Yes, we might not have gone about it the right way and we came within a City rejects whisker of getting knocked out by Celta Vigo in that second leg at Old Trafford. But he got us through and he got us over that finishing line and we earned two pieces of silverware and we completed the set. That's great. But since that point, we haven't necessarily kicked on. And I can't look at the situation and not feel a sense of relief. Partially just because of what it means for United going forward, what it could mean for United going forward. Now, what seems to be the case at the moment, at least, is that we're going to be Malestines being pulled into the equation too, as people who could potentially come in and form the first team coaching staff. You know, because again, there's reports that Mourinho's coaching staff, bar, who's, what's our goalkeeping coach called again? Alvarez. Yeah, apart from Alvarez, it seems like everyone's already followed Mourinho out of, <laughs> out of the Lowry. Mm. Um, now, before we get on to Solskjaer, there does positive news from United almost all day long in the sense that they are thinking about looking at director of football. They're looking at doing a caretaker appointment until the end of this season. And the idea is to get their man in the summer. And there's also news in the Times about Pochettino being the man that they're actually after. And I'm sure you and I both agree that is a good step in the right direction. You know, the instant thing that people come to people's minds is, well, what does he want? Well... What is Mourinho winning under us at this stage? It's a miserable question, isn't it? That's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't really help in that instance to sort of look at what a manager has won because I understand people want someone to come to United who's got a history of winning trophies because ultimately that is what our recent history in the last 20, 30 years has all been about. I understand that completely. But if you want someone who's going to come in and force United to concentrate on the things that we haven't typically been doing, which is promoting youth, playing more attacking football, and with a structure and a proper plan in mind, something that Mourinho didn't have to his detriment of several years, then Pochettino's the man to do it. You know, he's worked wonders at Spurs. And he didn't, when he didn't have any money to spend, I'm assuming partly because of, of Spurs' stadium not being ready, he didn't kick up a fuss, he got on with it, and Spurs are in the top four as a result of that. 
that is not to be sniffed at. And I think with the right backing at United, because I do feel, as we discussed before, that he's potentially hit his ceiling with Spurs. With the right backing, I think Pochettino could go on and do great things. And I would be excited to have him on board. Now, looking at the immediate short-term future, Solskjaer and Phelan, how does that one hit you? I'm reasonably positive about it. Not not because I expect some incredible turnaround in United to suddenly be title challengers but what we needed an appointment that would be positive a man who would be positive I think it's clever or sensible going for someone who knows the club knows what the club requires of its manager what the supporters require of its team even if it's not winning every week that provides the core things that we admire about the club or have admired about the club it's you know we want to see more progressive attacking football we want to see more getting more out of our more creative players we want to see potentially more of the young players being trusted you know you know that that Solskjaer understands that I, I presume he made the decision I mean certainly as, as to his kind of assistance because there's mention of several people seeing him with Woodward at the Juventus home games this clearly isn't a complete flash in the pan and I, I think he's probably asked for Phelan and, and Moylenstein as two people he's worked with before but two people who have also know the club very well and who and he'll also understand what what is needed so so from my perspective I, you know it's a free hit for Solskjaer you know he can come in and he can do it his way and we just see how he goes this season in most people's minds is already a write-off so anything that's achieved from here is a huge positive positive. Mm. and I just think it makes a lot more sense than say parachuting in someone someone else who was mentioned someone like Laurent Blanc or a more experienced manager that doesn't perhaps wouldn't perhaps take us back to what we as fans need to see and feel about United now more than winning more than more than becoming as competitive as City or Liverpool in the short term we just need to feel that the fo- the football team represents us and the things that we really want to see from it. Absolutely. There is an element, and I can understand, you know, rival fans might look at United and think, gosh, well, you just want some positivity in your club. Get used to Arsenal being rubbish for 10 years after they <laughs> moved to the Emirates, etc. But, oh, good grief. Yes, United weren't going to get relegated. Yes, we were still within shout of trophies and competing over the last couple of seasons prior to this current season. But there's no way for me to state just how soul-sucking some of the football has been so far this term. It's just been on a different level. You know, there is no comparison with me to Van Hal and Moyes because even then there was sort of a... Yeah, it is worse. I mean, we can, you know, we can split hairs about the differences between the three of them in terms of how rubbish they were or we like. The proof was in the pudding. It was just terrible to watch. Less fans were turning up as a result of it because it was just awful. You know, and again... What we do need to state is that this team and these players are capable of more than they've shown under Mourinho. If it's true that 90% of the team were happy to see the back of him, and I wouldn't be surprised by that if that's actually the case, then instantly you expect to see some sort of reaction now as a result. What we want to be seeing going forward is a bit more of a high level of commitment. You want to see the likes of... I mean, you've spoken about Pogba today as well on Twitter, and I'm fully in agreement Pogba's now got to step up. Pogba and a clutch of players who have seriously underperformed the Marine in the last several months have got to stand up now and be counted and make sure they make their presence felt. There's an opportunity here for United. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, the pressure's never fully off when you're playing for Manchester United. That's just not how this works. 
But as you said there, there is an element of experimentation that's going to be happening over the next several months. You know, whoever comes in to take over this side, as has been mentioned, is going to have strong ties to the club. So most likely is not going to be an experienced manager. But the team now need to react to this. And if it was really honestly true that Mourinho was dragging this side down, they've now got to pull themselves up with the help of a new manager and perform. That starts on Saturday afternoon in Cardiff. That is a big game purely because our results have been so poor lately. They're a team that has been mired around the bottom half of the table for much of this season. And how have we done against them this season? Not particularly impressively. So instantly there is a reaction required from the playing staff. But anyway, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, should we perhaps have a look at what actually got us to this point? So going back to the summer, we all knew that Mourinho wanted certain players. So he wanted Perisic again. He wanted another central defender and got neither. There's still that element to me that the way that he poisoned the well back in the summer basically consigned this season to the bin. Do you think there was any other way of handling that that could have made, or handling this season that could have made it much less abject than we've seen? I think it was already going to be difficult because because the football had already started to decline. Um, I think really around the midpoint of last season. If you think we we started last season really really strongly playing some you know really good football, racking up a lot of goals, <clears throat> whatever else. But we were doing we were great for the first couple of months, two and three months of the season. And really after that things started. Really after that Liverpool game, things just started to slowly decline. The the, the football gradually uh, got worse. The, just in terms of the way the team was functioning, declined and declined, and declined to the point where at the end of the season we went into a cup final and I was hardly looking forward to it because we'd been so poor in the, the run-up to that. We felt, I felt we had a chance. I mean, Chelsea weren't a good side at that point. They were struggling themselves. Mm-hmm. But it, it just felt it felt like we were going to be terrible and we were terrible for, for most of that game. You know, really poor. And so, for me, he'd already started to lose the players and the team was no longer functioning as it had. So I think this season was going to be difficult anyway. But... The moment that he didn't get what he wanted in the summer, he did exactly the same that he did at Chelsea in his third season. When he didn't get the players he wanted again, was he basically just blew it all up. And he almost said, I'm going to blow this up now. You know, I haven't got what I've wanted. He spent the whole summer digging out the club. You have to sympathise in some of his complaints. If, he, you know, United, United weren't responding to transfer targets that he'd had listed for a long time. Mm. But I can also see from the club's perspective that some of the targets he wanted and the sorts of prices we were being expected to pay for them when he hadn't got the a tune out of the really expensive players he'd already bought, I could see why we were reticent to do that as well. But the point was, you had you had two different approaches. You had you had Pochettino at Spurs who got nothing. He didn't get a single player, and you cannot tell me that guy didn't want better players, more players, to take that Spurs team from from where it was to you know, take the final jump to actually challenging for the title or really, really going deep into the Champions League. The difference being that even if Pochettino was pissed off, and I'm sure he was, but he kept it to himself and he kept working and he just got on with his job. And the the result of that has been Spurs' best ever start to a top flight season. Well, not only that, getting out of a group with Barcelona and Inter Milan. And not only that, (laughs) getting through that group, having dropped points away at Inter and then also losing it, getting beaten by Barcelona at Wembley. You know, they were not getting through that group after the first three games. And that is an exceptional achievement. Yeah, and he had, if if you remember, he had more players coming back late from the the World Club than, than any other Premier League team. He's had a relative injury crisis this season. 
particularly in terms of defenders, but just generally. And he's just got on with his job and he's producing, you know, he's producing a record season, playing at a ground that isn't theirs with this ongoing issue that they never ever seem to be getting into the ground that he thought they were going to be playing in a month or two of the season starting. He's had every obstacle a manager can face before this season and he's still got on with his job and done better than he's done in the previous two seasons. Mm-hmm. Which, if you think about it, it's absolutely remarkable. And you make that comparison with, with Mourinho, who you know faced a degree of adversity, not as much as Pochettino, but a degree of adversity and basically just decided that, on, that he was going to burn the burn the whole place down and that's well what i done. mean it's a level of maturity isn't it that that's yeah. that's what frustrates me most about the situation because i understand that Mourinho is a born winner he wants to try and win as much as possible but if it was legitimately true that united was the, was the job that he actually hankered after if this was his dream appointment then there's got to be an element where you try and work as best as you can within your means now that might sound like i'm trying to dig the board out of a hole essentially but Far from it. You know, to me, I think United really shot themselves in the foot by allowing Mourinho to carry on once it became clear that they weren't willing to splash out the money that Mourinho wanted on those players last summer. And if that was the case, they should have told him that was going to happen and actually communicated that clearly and perhaps made up some alternatives or just let him go because we knew exactly what happens in these situations. But again, you cannot absolve Mourinho for this behaviour. It's like basically trying to make excuses for a toddler who throws a fit when you take their favourite toy away. This behaviour has happened before at Chelsea, and it wasn't befitting of his status or the club at that time. And look where they were when he actually got sacked by December three years ago. They were mired in the relegation zone, pretty much, or at least just above the relegation zone. I've got a measure of sympathy for Mourinho because I understand that United's board is not the easiest to work with, but you can't excuse this behaviour. You can't excuse him trying to burn everything down because he didn't get the targets he wanted. And again, this team is better than they've shown in recent months. And a big chunk of the reason why they haven't been able to perform has got to be on his head, if not the biggest chunk of it. Because there is no way this defence has suddenly gotten so worse that we're shipping 30 goals. It's a difference of approach. It's a difference in terms of the way perhaps Day is bailing us out because, again, he's disenfranchised with the way things are going at the club. Almost every aspect of that team from front to back is underperforming in some way. And Mourinho hasn't been able to fix one part coherently to get it functioning to actually give us a chance of doing anything this term. And whether or not that's down to just being disenfranchised with the sport itself which I strongly suspect is part of it because he just looks burnt out and thoroughly done with football to a certain extent and every report we've heard you know a lot of stuff has come out in the wash today all across the Manchester Evening News the Times and the Telegraph etc you know you hear very few reports about people inside the club saying you know he's wonderful to be around and he's been an absolute pleasure to have at Carrington if that's the case there's no wonder people have struggled with it and no wonder the players have struggled with it because We've just had this lecherous... Well, we've got lecherous owners, so let's be fair about that. But there's just this presence that's almost been taking away every scrap of positivity. I really do sympathise with the players to an extent, and there's some that do definitely need to perform, as we mentioned earlier on. But God knows, it can't have been easy to work in those confines over the last several months, can it? No, when when a team's struggling, fans have obvious responses, and I think we always do it. We always do it. As a group, I'm sure I've been as guilty in the past as anybody of of saying 
the players don't care the players aren't trying there's there's an awful lot of hatred towards some of the players and it's it's really interesting actually i've just watched this week the um sundle until i die netflix um series which in in terms of in terms of bathing in schadenfreude is is a wonderful exercise as a united fan <laughs> yeah but it's interesting in the in the second episode i think the second episode simon grayson who was the manager at the time and the chief exec who's a guy called martin bain did a, went to a fans forum and one of the fans basically said exactly that i don't think the players care i don't think they're trying and simon grayson said said to him look i can tell you i can promise you from working with these guys every day and <clears throat> seeing them on the pitch they're trying they're working hard they do care that in reality what you're seeing is players with a lack with 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 their confidence drained and he said players with their confidence drained will behave differently on a pitch than they will if they're buzzing with energy and confidence he said it's just it's human nature watching from the outside it can appear that a player's not trying or they don't care or they're sulking or whatever but he said it's just a consequence of them just being drained not making a run they might have made before because they're frightened to get the ball or they're not confident they'll get the ball or or they don't they're not sure what they're going to do with it when they get it but all these things come together to to give the impression that these players don't care or or whatever else and I think that we've kind of got to the point where pe- people have ended up really hating on a lot of the players. Well, Pogba got absolute pelters today for that scheduled tweet from Adidas. You know, it was very clearly looking at it. Well, he did. You know, at first, given the slightly, what's the best way of saying this, cheeky photo that was posted on Instagram earlier on this morning. It was comedic timing, oh, I mean, wasn't it? Yeah, but not laugh at it because it was just so magnificently fantastically poorly timed i don't think it was deliberate in any way shape or form purely because it had adidas hashtags absolutely all over it but of abuse and flack for that post and people are very very upset with him at the moment in particular they want him turfed out the club as well at a moment's notice and i don't know what's going on behind the scenes at united and i don't know what pogba is like around the club in terms of how he's training in terms of his attitude all we've got really to go on is social media and on the pitch on the pitch things haven't been good I still maintain and I'll stick with this until maybe he leaves in the summer or maybe a year after or whatever but United's best chance of making something happen at the moment given the players that we have is making sure that we make Pogba a central part of our plans and I hope that the manager who comes in if that's Solskjaer or anyone else will do that because We spent £89 million on one of the best midfielders in the world and we haven't been playing to his strengths. We spent £75 million on Lukaku, who again has been taking absolute pelters for his first touch, but we haven't been playing to his strengths. Just chucking up long balls to a man who's struggling to control the football. Wow, who knew that might backfire? What a fucking shock. But it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, the level of abuse that the players have been getting has been uncomfortable, to say the least. And I I think I've got to hold myself accountable to a certain extent because I don't mind having a joke at an odd defender's expense and i think we're all there every now and then but i think it's about keeping it in proportion all of us. and and i think it's it's a shame that the united team and, and the players have been depressed in a performance sense for such a long time now that people have forgotten what the sorts of performance levels that some of these players can put in you know mm-hmm. there are players at united who are limited we know that <clears throat> you know we're not we're not suggesting that all of these players are going to turn into world beaters there are areas of the team which need significant improvement but i'm using pogba as an example but paul pogba didn't leave united as a 19 year old and go to a club which had a midfield with arturo vidal and pirlo 
and Marquisio and a whole host of other really high class. You know, they 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 had amongst the best midfielders in the world, and he went there as a nineteen year old and broke into that team and stayed in that team within three months of of joining the club, and then stayed in that team for was it five five years, winning Serie A's, performing regularly on you know going to Champions League finals. Then the guy goes to the World Cup with France, performs at the World Cup and wins the World Cup. He's not a bad player. He's a good footballer, but for whatever reason, at the moment, his talents are not being displayed. And it's similar with Lukaku. You know, Lukaku's never going to be technically the greatest footballer at, at the club. And it may ultimately be that he's not good enough to play for United at the highest level. But Lukaku, the season before we joined, was the second highest scorer in the Premier League. And... Um, I was reading today that he, in terms of shots on goal, he had more shots per game by quite a significant margin at both Everton and West Brom than he's had at United. Yeah, clearly Everton and West Brom were more keen to actually play to his strengths. And I understand that what there might be a little bit of, you know, an element of United trying to alter his game to a certain extent. But it seems, especially this season, we've kind of abandoned any sort of form or approach that would actually help him yeah but you can see in his game that the the confidence has literally been drained out of him and he now looks like a guy who's literally terrified to be on that football pitch he can't he can't get a touch right Mm. and people are talking about Lukaku as if that is representative of his his abilities and his career and yet we've seen a more confident Lukaku. He's st- in his first three months at the club. He was really, really effective. He scored a lot of goals. Mm. You know, it was rude Van Nistelrooy levels of lethality in front of goal. It was excellent. It was, and you, but you can go through, you can go through the team and see. And you know, I've I've been digging Matic out no end this season. But but Matic started really, really well. He was really good in the first six months at United. So many other players. You know, Martial was was really really. In, very good form until Sanchez arrived. Sanchez wasn't playing his best football in his last six months at Arsenal, but the season before he joined United, he was the third top scorer. He he got thirty goals, and you can go you can go throughout the team. People forget how good Eric Bailly was in the first three months that he was at the club. For whatever reason, he's now playing like he's terrified, and you can go through the entire side and see examples of that. One of the interesting things we. I was going to mention earlier, we didn't have the opportunity. Was that several journalists have mentioned that that Marcus Rashford is one who's been become very unhappy under Mourinho. I think that res- that would resonate more with perhaps the fans and the executives at the club than, say, a I don't know, a Pogba or a Bailly, whoever. You know, this is this is a guy who's broken into the United team at eighteen, prodigious amount of talent at that point, who really over the last couple of years hasn't improved as much as we would hoped. You know, he's he's had a bit of form the last two or three weeks, but, you know, he's really struggled in the under Mourinho. You know, again, I think I think we forgot for a period, and again, I forgot for a period, how just how exciting he was before went under Van Gaal. And then we've seen in the last two or three weeks what he can, you know, what he can show us when he's, when he's on form. Mm. And you can just, you can go throughout the whole team and you can pick so many players who, I mean, even De Gea now, for whatever reason, De Gea is playing below his own high standards. We've just, to a degree, we've forgotten what these players can actually do. One of the things we want to see now, hope you know, hopefully over the next few months, is just them able to show a little bit more of what, what we've forgotten. Again, when I was thinking about what this announcement would feel like, and again, United caught us completely on the hot this morning when that news was announced, 
I was expecting to feel relief. I wasn't expecting to feel like this. I mean, positive. Just like there's... I mean, let's keep this in perspective. Mourinho going is a good start. United as a club still need to employ a director of football and long term they still need to employ a manager who is going to be able to fit the traditions of the club better. And I say that having been someone who was happy to have Mourinho brought into the club in 2016. I thought it was a good shout at the time and I hope the situation will pan out better than it has. And it's disappointing that it hasn't and let's not get away from that. But United has still got work to do and the team still has work to do. You know, we are still in sixth. We've got a massive game coming up on Saturday. We've got a relatively kind run of fixtures going through Christmas. And United have still got so much more they need to do this season and so much more they need to do in the next couple of years in order to reassert themselves in the top of football. This is essentially a necessary step that had to happen in order to kickstart what seems to be a move that has been years in the making in terms of getting a director of football. And you'd hope that our transfer dealings end up being a lot better than they have been over the last couple of seasons. By any stretch of the imagination, it feels good that we're now in this position in the sense that I can, we can start looking forward to games a little bit more. And God bless all the fans that are over at Anfield because I couldn't see any reason for them to be positive after that game on Sunday evening. It was just an absolute mess. It was a real despondent performance and there was just no positives to take from it. Whether or not that was the final on the coffin, I don't know. But regardless, it's nice for the fans that are going to be traveling down to South Wales and all over the country, anyone watching at Old Trafford and for us, wherever we're watching, to actually just have a little bit of positivity and something to look forward to. You almost can't put a price on that. And you'd hope now as well that if Schultzer comes in this week, then that squad responds to it. They can actually feel like a weight has certainly been lifted and they can start to play better football. You know, I don't think we're suddenly going to turn around and be world beaters all of a sudden. And I still think that ultimately we might well get knocked out by PSG when we get around to February. That's going to be a glamour tide. No, get me wrong. And I'm really looking forward to it. But they are a well-drilled side than we are at the minute under Tuchel. So nothing is necessarily instantly fixed by firing Mourinho. But it's a necessary step in order to try and fix things and get United back to where our constant branding, our sponsorship deals and our self-perception almost demands us to be, if that makes sense. You know, we spend so much time hyping this club up, but our money hasn't typically been where our mouth is and on the pitch. So to get there, we need to start making these decisions. We need to start planning better. And ultimately, we need to have a manager who can actually deliver that for us. That stopped being Mourinho a little while ago. It took a little while, but finally they made that decision. So just looking forward to the next couple of weeks then. Say, hypothetically, Solskjaer and Phelan actually come in over the next 24 hours or a couple of days. How do you think that's going to affect the squad? What do you think the reaction is going to be? I'd imagine from, from what we've read and... Um, and heard today that that a lot of people will be walking into United tomorrow with the spring in their step, and not just players. By the sounds of it, it, it sounds as if the coaching staff and 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 just general staff at Carrington, the, the whole place, have just been completely depressed by Mourinho's demeanour and manner and, and whatever else. From that perspective, there's got to be an immediate boost in terms of morale. I don't know if Car- Cardiff is perhaps too early for Solskjaer to have any significant impact on tactics or, or training or whatever because it looks like it's going to be perhaps another 24 to 48 hours before everything's in place anyway but it's just nice to think that, that the guy's going to come in who who just understands what we need and you know there have been lots of jokes about it on, on Twitter but I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are hoping that we see significantly less of 
Scott McTominay. <laughs> and um, ouch, I, I, you know, no, 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 no. You know, you know what I mean. He's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not having a dig at the kid personally, but there was an interesting story. I think it might be Jason Burt, but I'm not absolutely certain. But but he said there are a lot of people, a lot of coaches within the club, and also players who played with McTominay that just couldn't understand what he had that saw him elevated to the first team status. I think that's probably been echoed in what we've seen of him since since then. But it just seems like he was he's been a tool that Mourinho has used to make a point to everybody else about everything to the United board to the rest of the players he just, he's been a, he's been a way to punish other people hasn't he or to make a point to other people rather than being a kid I'm sure he's worked incredibly hard mm. I'm sure he's diligent and professional but he's not good enough to be playing for Manchester United and you know guys like like Fellaini and Matic, you know the more pragmatic members of the squad. You've got they've they've got to be thinking. You know this this is a club where fans are crying out for qualities that we don't have. So they don't need to be sent into exile. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Solskjaer will make use of them when he needs to. But I think we'd like to see we'd like to see players picked on form and not for ulterior motives or because they're they're favorites of a manager who refuses to see that they're playing absolutely abysmal. sure i mean i guess the other benefit to that is you feel like there's going to be a lot of hunger from the likes of pogba you know maybe from martial and rashford maybe when alexis when he returns to the team and fred and Pereira and herrera mm. to try and assert themselves into this side now and make themselves a permanent part or at least the well, semi permanent part, considering that we've got a caretaker manager coming in, of their plans. You know, there are spots available all over the pitch. The only area of the pitch that you can say is nailed down at the moment in terms of you know who's going to start is in goal. And at this point, positions 2 to 11, I'd say, are completely up for grabs in the sense that no one's necessarily distinguished themselves enough to say, yes, I should actually be starting. So it's going to be interesting. You know, you would expect to see some more committed, energetic, and hopefully exciting performances over the next couple of weeks. I mean, this could all blow up on our faces horrifically, but let's just enjoy this moment for now. Anyway, before we finish for the evening, let's get through Twitter questions. Tariq Amir, so which tune came to you first when you heard the news? Shiny happy people. Happy, singing in the rain. Don't worry, be happy. Walking on sunshine. (laughs) I think my one was uh, See You Later, Alligator. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can't. I can't really think. I can't think off, off the cuff of a of a, a song that's got got the word surprise in it. I don't know. No, oh, I get you. Uh, on another note, how does this square up with rumours of the Glazers selling it? Why sat Mourinho if they want to sell? Well, it sounds like whatever decision has been made for Mourinho is being done irrespective of what is going on with potential takeover rumours. And again, all we hear from that side of things is that there are rumours that aren't going away, but the Glazers don't want to sell up. So I guess that's got to be part for the time being. And thank goodness that didn't get away of us sacking him. Anyway, uh, Johnny White asks, if Solskjaer starts Fellaini and Matic in midfield, do we riot? <laughs> no, we won't riot. We'll... we'll, we'll... We love Oli too much. Yeah, we'll just whinge about it on Twitter. Barry Stott asks, quantifying how chuffed Richards is right now, please. (laughs) Um, Very chuffed. Yeah, walking on sunshine. Uh, At Oli, Oli United. On a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you that it's finally over? Me, me, I'm, God, kind of 8 out of 10 relieved and 7 out of 10 happy. I think there's there's more relief, but the, the happiness is now creeping no, in. No, I mean, I shouldn't feel as good as I do about United sacking a manager. but Because, again, United's problems, as I've said several times tonight, are not magically going away just because Mourinho is gone. No. But it 
for the first time in a while, and Kev used this analogy when Van Hal uh, won us the FA Cup, it feels like we've kind of come up for air for the first time in some time. And again, that's you can't put a price on that. You really can't. Right, Krango, uh, what's your opinion on who should be the next manager? Well, in terms of interim, I think Solskjaer is a risk. But then again, with United, with this current structure, with some of the players, and again, there are some that need to be moved on, and with some underperforming players, but with the way the club is currently structured, I think there's an element of risk to almost every single manager you could possibly bring in, apart from maybe Guardiola. I think there's something to be said for bringing in someone that's close to the club on a caretaker basis and then going for someone who's got more of an attacking tradition and can actually get this United team on side. And I think that is most likely to be Pochettino. And I'm not saying that he doesn't come without some drawbacks either, but you know, hiring a football manager is not an exact science. You can't get every single thing. There's always going to be an element of risk to it. Look at Mourinho. Do we honestly expect things to get this bad this quickly we knew that it was potentially going to be blowing up but not this bad for sure well possibly in season three yeah the thing about Pochettino and why it makes makes so much sense is that United need they need to organically regrow as a team and as a club I think that there's not a quick fix to where we are and we've you can see the way that Pochettino revived Spurs from from really a quite a similar position, but with with far less money. And Klopp has done very much the same with with Liverpool. We need to feel that we're on a journey, on a positive journey that that's that's taking us in the right direction whilst enjoying the football. Pochettino is the most obvious person to do that, and I think it would be a port, important move away from picking up managers who we expect to just do well straight away well i think we've drained all the positivity out of ourselves in thinking of what's going to happen now so let's just try and enjoy this moment rich how bad do i feel that it's been an absolute pleasure for this evening maybe i should feel worse but i really don't don't feel no, bad. i'm not gonna feel bad i'm <laughs> not gonna feel bad thanks right. for your company tonight mate it's been an absolute pleasure no worries mate oh guys as always thank you very much for listening been an interesting one this week i'm sure you'll agree i hope you've enjoyed it don't forget as if you ever could you can get us all over the internet you can get us on twitter at, at you and lennett you can get rich at rich red voices you can get the pod at, at red voices musc and our blog at www.redvoices.net have yourselves a superb week and let's hope we all enjoy what's going to happen down in south wales on saturday afternoon take care cheerio